Hello everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Midweek Metagame. I'm your host, Gabriel Nassif, and I have the pleasure to be joined by my two regular co-hosts, Canister. Hello. And Get Smart. Hello. We're going to get into a ton of magic, Pioneer, Modern, the new set, RCD Brief. But before that, I'd like to remind you, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash midweekmetagame. Our podcast will always be free, but if you want to support it and keep us going, that's how you can do so. <laughs> that's lasting in the background, but... So, you're fun. getting better and better at plugging it. It's great. It's becoming more and more natural. Well, well, well. Another couple of weeks have passed and we played in the RC, Canister and I. I got crushed fast. Canister, not so crushed. Well, I, w- I would say I got crushed slowly. The, the end result yeah. of, of my performance in the RC was that I got to play deep into day two. And while well, I finished eleven five, which is like impressively, uh, or rather ten five because it's fifteen rounds, so ten five, which was you know much better than your score, yet it still yielded no extra prizes, no extra qualifications for for anything else, just just that Silumgar, Dragon Lord, the promo card, and that's that's all of that. But I did have a good time, so. Yeah, I was trying to be positive. I mean, I went one for drop and I had a good time playing my matches and then hanging out. I did leave Sunday morning early. I changed my my train so I could come back home earlier and stream uh, on Sunday. But yeah, the the, the event was was fun. My, my my opponents were enjoyable to play against. I had a lot of close matches, some tough decisions. I ended up playing Rhinos. You ended up playing... Um, Titan, like no surprises there for people who who listened a couple weeks ago. Uh, I'll, I'll go first real quick since I only had a few rounds. Um, yeah, played Stock Rhino. Um, you know, did did end up waiting till the last second to to change a card or two, or didn't. But I lost I lost a tough one to Omnath. Just tough matchups, lots of Chalice. I would actually suggest if I were to play that matchup again. Or next time I play it, if you play against a stock list of bunch of chalice, bunch of counters, and obviously the the Teferis, the halfling, all that stuff, I would just try boarding out all my cascade spells and see what happens, just for science. Because I can't remember the last time playing that matchup, whether it's on the Rhino side or the Omnath side. Since I've been playing a decent bit of Omnath, I saw a footfall actually resolve in a sideboard game. It almost never happens. So just bring all your keep your removals in for the halflings. Bringing whatever your magus, your counters, your endurance, you know, whatever makes sense, and I, I would try that. Um, rest of my tournament, one, one, two against Ragdos scam, like slightly favorable matchup, but just ton of variants in modern right now. I think a lot of decks run close together, but some games it looks easy, some games it looks bad. As a Titan player, I'm sure you you probably feel the same way, Canister. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And uh, my last loss was. Kales, just kind of tough matchup. Dendro Brotherhood's in. It was actually funny. I drew Triumph as my third land, uh, kind of time walk myself. And my, my friend Jose, who also played Rhinos, was trying to talk me into cutting Triumph for a second's team vents. And I'm not sure it would have changed the outcome of the game, but 
it was kind of ironic that that's how I picked up my first loss. So yeah, that was my turn, but tons of fun. I got to do a round of casting because Will lost his voice in round nine. So I did casting for round nine and I'm going to Prague to cast LMS Prague. I haven't done a casting gig in a while, but I really enjoy it and just see how it goes and maybe do more of that in, in the future. Well, that's pretty nice. So yeah, you're gonna be yeah. the commentator. On are, you gonna the tournament. are you gonna be there? I probably will, will get there to play. All right, so you were saying you, you you got to play all all fifteen rounds of Swiss. Yes, yes. So yeah, in Ghent, I got to play all fifteen rounds of Swiss. I have fought uh, mostly my hardest throughout uh, all of those rounds, and uh, had some interesting games. Had some less interesting games. Uh, Lost a few matches to to Magus of the Moon and Blood Moon as expected. <laughs> I was I knew that coming in that that's gonna happen and that's kind of unavoidable. Uh, but also tried to you know overcome those obstacles to the extent that I could have and then like only failing in the end. Uh, overall, like a fun fun tournament. It's always nice to play paper tournaments and like you've the feeling of the stakes just is nice and uh, it makes me want to continue playing and traveling for those tournaments so even if the tournament was maybe a tiny <coughs> bit too uh, big for my taste like I think the system is a little bit weird here where this tournament seems to be designed like price-wise and qualifications uh, rewarded to players-wise to support like maybe three, four hundred, five hundred players, something like that. The Ghent was just much bigger and I think it's a little bit sour in a way that uh, a tournament that you have to qualify for then like has kind of a weak pricing or a where like you walk away with nothing for like finishing in the top uh, 10% of the tournament but uh, it is what it is and uh, that's uh, how it goes I guess <clears throat> over a thousand players right yeah well almost I think 950 something okay. to be specific so right so it's it, kind of getting up to GP size and just... yeah 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 it's tough too because our tournament got bigger and there's less slots right because last year they had a few more slots to kind of feed the the new system yeah that's right and it used to be got what top 32 qualified and now it's only top 24 is that right i think it was I top think... 48 maybe and now it's top oh, wow. 36 or something it, it was top 36 and to top 24 right now so it was like plus 50 percent at first but now yeah. it's just top 24 so you have to finish yeah, so in just like the top Four percent or whatever, mm -hmm. or so five percent. Yeah. Is the reason that these things are there's so many qualified players just because there's so many RCQs and not enough of these, you know, well RCs to, to to accommodate the people? Would it be you know you think about Canada? Canada splits the RCs in half. There's like an East Coast and a West Coast one. Would Europe be better served by having two? Do you think? Well, not really. Well, not that they have less the same amount. Like Canada has to split their slots, and it's just the system. I mean, there's the PTAs, they're aiming for 300 players, whereas when the, the last 
iteration of the PTN did were closer to like five, 600 players. And I'm guessing that there was less RCQs last year and now there's more RCQs and less slots because there's already a bunch of people qualified in the train and whatnot. So just more more people qualifying for the RCs for, for less slots. It's, short story i guess and 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 there is also a weird scheduling thing where for some reason the pro tours are all concentrated in the first half of the year and so are the rcs right so this this year is going to have a pt in february in two weeks and then the next one is in april and then the next one is going to be in january and then after that there is going to be worlds but that doesn't have a corresponding rc so january uh, maybe june. one of the other j months no, yeah, yeah i meant june june not january <laughs> of course it makes more sense so uh that means that the corresponding rcs are also similarly split in time and that means that there's that means that the season feeding gant was abnormally long oh. which i don't know if oh, that right, played okay. a role but possibly yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense Yeah, because Lille was, what, 500 people? 600-something. And Ghent was, like, yeah, almost twice that. Right. But it looks like there's going to be a change of... There's a few changes in kind of organizers as well. So next year, it's not being run by Legacy European Tour. Is that right? That is right, yeah. Right. So maybe there's going to be some kind of... Does that mean there's going to be a change in scheduling? Or is it going to be a change in just how things are run in general? I think just organizers for tournaments. Tournament Center, I understand they were the one partnering with Channel Fireball to run the GPs. Right, okay. Yeah. The one uh, the one European GP I went to was pretty well run. That was Warsaw in 2018. Yeah. I, I feel like Legacy was doing a, a, a good job, but I have not many points of comparison. I would not be the the greatest person to 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 tell you if they were, you know, good, above average, average, or below average, because I feel like you should ask maybe people who play a lot of side events and yeah. actually spend money and not the <laughs> guy who just shows up for the main event that has, like, you know, that are turns that are usually what ran was good judges and whatnot. Yeah, I was enjoying, enjoying kind of this legacy kind of tour, because they've obviously got these, like, side, you know, they're not RCs, but they kind of, like, they're, super qualifiers or whatever they run. Are you saying you're going to do Lille in a couple, a couple, is it next weekend or the weekend after? Do you reckon those are going to continue even though they're not running the RCs anymore? I have no idea. I sure would hope okay. so. I enjoy those to tournaments quite a bit. and Yeah, I've enjoyed watching coverage of them and there's clearly a thirst for having events like that. I wonder how long until we get like official Grand Prix back. Yeah, Maybe I think Gent had the most viewers they've ever had, right? On average, I would guess. That's a good sign. Because they had like, what, over 3,000? So, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought they were, at least people seem to enjoy coverage, as you said. Well, so, so this is, so obviously Gent was, was modern and we've got a new set that's coming out. So, this is, like, is it Murders at Karlov Manor? Is that the name of the set? Yeah. Right. Is it is this set having much impact in, in modern, do you think? I mean, I've heard a bit of discourse about, you know, are you going to put one Scryland in your deck to fetch? <laughs> yeah. And how that's going to you know, move the needle. But uh, beyond that, 
Well, maybe you could, either of you could comment on that, but beyond that, is there anything else that's kind of catching your eye in the set? I've heard that they're good in rhinos, which makes sense. I've heard that you probably want two in team of rhinos. I would guess you want one in living end, but I've only played a bit with Omnaf, uh, no new cards. Actually, that's not true. When I played Omnaf, the new cards were not out yet. I would probably try to fit one surveillance in Omnaf, uh, but yeah, that seems to be uh, so far the extent of it. Maybe Kyanis knows a bit more. Yeah, it seems like the surveillance are like the biggest thing for modern. The rest of the cards are more uh, appropriately fitting into Pioneer power level wise. But there is a single card I have tried in my amulet deck today. Uh, and that was a singular copy of World Souls Rage in my sideboard. It's an X red green sorcery. It deals X damage to any target and you put up to X lands from your hand and your graveyard onto the battlefield tapped. It's uh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, it's an X card that like mentions lands great fit for, for amulet, right? <clears throat> so you can use it in your sideboard and just like shoot things and ramp a little bit or kill Magus of the Moon if you have a forest, if you get to assemble that combination and uh, all of that stuff. <clears throat> but there is also one extra neat thing you can do with this card, namely it opens up a new infinite combo in Amulet Titan. Uh, the combo requires you to play a mirror pool, which is uh, a land from Oath of the Gatewatch, which is very similar in it, how it functions to Letiara Mirror Lake, <laughs> the normal <laughs> kill mechanism in Titan now that copies your Titan and uh, gets there and attacks your opponent. So mirror pool has abilities. The, the relevant one in this scenario is going to be the two colorless tap sacrifice, copy target instant or sorcery spell you control. So if you assemble double amulet into play and you have a mirror pool in play and you have a gruel turf in your hand, you get to deal infinite damage thanks to World Souls Rage. You play it with X2, copy it with uh, your mirror pool, and then the copy is going to bring back the mirror pool and your Gruel Turf. It's going to adapt twice and uh, you just repeat it. So while it's not very useful, it's just very cool. And I like when random infinite combos show up. How much does it cost on the mirror pool to sack? It's free mana total and it's free tap sack, so like four total. So you need so to have eight one mana. one damage every time? Because you need free damage, you need free mana to X1, and then you need free mana for mirror pool, and you're getting six from your Gruel Turf? Well, you need to cast the rage with X2, so that oh, every nice. copy brings two lands. And one of the lands that it brings is the mirror pool, back from your graveyard onto the battlefield. Uh, the mirror pool taps for some mana too, okay. Yeah, yes, right. yes. And the other one is a Grultor, but that's why you need two amulets and they untap once, you add three mana, they untap the second time and you uh, 
copy your walls with rage. Yeah, but grill turf doesn't go to the yard. You just replay it from your hands. Yes, yeah. it goes back to your hand, okay, but yeah. walls of rage lets you put the lands into play from either your graveyard or your hand. So they thought of everything and they just let me. Yeah. Cause, who cause comes we're... up? Who comes up with these combos? I just want to ask. Where do you come? <laughs> where do you go for this information? Do you think of them yourself, or do people tell you about them? I mostly just see somebody mention it somewhere, and then oftentimes it's just parts assembled. Uh, I like to imagine there's a secret kind of amulet cabal that's you know working on infinite combos at all points in time. Well, there is. It's called like into. the Amulet Titan Discord server where people just <laughs> yeah, like. One I just wanted time, to hear you say it. Yeah, one time the Magic Online user Bob49, right? Known for playing Belcher, but also other combo decks and like playing the mocks, etc. Pretty pretty strong mono figure. Came up with a way to deal infinite damage with just two Endurances and a Cultivator Colossus and a few Valakuts and Dryad in play which was like barely relevant because at that point Heliod with Spike Feeder became was becoming like pretty unplayable and and uh, was showing up pretty rarely but you know just there was an entire discussion about like a very long sequence that lets you shoot your own uh, Cultivator Colossus while also reshuffling it back into your deck and having just enough bounce lines in your hand to rejoin it is just it's just it, it's just incredible <laughs> But that's not playable in paper, right? You can't do that on Magic Online. There's no way. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably you can't. But also, you what know, about, some... oh, I was going to say that because we were talking about the new cards, but after Ghent, you actually came up with a bunch of innovations for Titan. Want to talk to us about that and where that came from? Yeah, so... And is it still good, actually? I haven't checked. I wasn't watching this morning, so I didn't see what your sideboard looked like. I think it's good. It just it just works. Like I saw, I switched my sideboard to an amulet to include many red sweepers. Currently, it's two fire spout and two storm's wrath. I was very reluctant to try those cards and like build a plan around those beforehand, but uh, it took. Uh, going to Ghent and just like talking with some other people and thinking about it a little bit harder and just saying oh yeah let's just like I think it's stupid but let's let's see if it works out and it turns out that uh, Storm's Wrath despite being a red red sweeper requiring double red so like hard to cast it's actually fairly acceptable in practice and uh it just lines up kind of well like it's sounds stupid but it's an incredible card against rhinos and just lines up so well against uh both magus all of the tishana straight binders and uh subtleties and well shardless agents and rhinos that stick on the battlefield then like it all synergizes well with your defense grid which makes your opponent tap out into your sweepers and uh, all of that uh, stuff just works together kind of well and uh, I kind of radically changed my sideboarding strategies after again so I th I think my plans uh, for Ghent were like fine 
but in hindsight i don't know like probably could have uh, discovered that earlier but it's kind of always kind of funny when you try to work on a deck and like try to think about stuff but then like the situations and the the push to like actually rethink some of the uh, premises that you had previously in your mind comes at the tournament itself right yeah it always feels that way that you're not playing that many matches but for some reason you feel feels like you learn way more you think about way more that you know you talk about stuff in between rounds with other good players yeah, yeah. you have less of the noise and you're more focused and you don't have distraction i don't know i don't know if it's just like some kind of bias and it's actually not actually true but it always does feel like that way that oh man i wish i'd you know you've only even i've only played five rounds or you only played 15 matches but it feels like you learned so much yeah i mean i for sure like learned uh, a lot or at least was prompted to think a lot by andre strasky who was also playing amulet and just came up to me between rounds and we talked about some of the uh cyber strats or like the things that i that i did and he was like yeah i just like play two fire spouts and it's like the second time today that I had two double fire spout lined up against rhinos and I killed like their both the rhinos and like three other creatures. And I'm like, you know, I, I, I rationally I feel like that just shouldn't be something that you can do in a game of Magic the Gathering. It sounds so otherworldly to me, but then you know that assumption made me not delve deeper into those plans which i probably should have before again because well i've I've seen some people do that i've seen lists that try to uh you know play some red sweepers and uh, and tackle that a little bit so i probably should have uh, explored that avenue a bit further do you feel like magus is still actively good against you or you know, should a Rhino player not even bother right now and just have, if that becomes a stock sideboard, just have something else for the matchup? That is a good question, but I wasn't at that level yet. I yeah. will leave that for, for Rhino's players to determine for now, but... Yeah, I feel like you don't need a million creatures in play, but maybe the games just evolve in a way that you do, because you just, my idea is, would just be to, like, if you play Magus, to have flame and just counter a bunch of stuff and slowly slowly bleed them but yeah no that's really really cool um yeah there's um there's a big weekend this weekend there's the rc in the us there's modern and pioneer showcase <clears throat> so that's pretty cool there's a there's a big pioneer turn in chicago i think an nrg event they're called or rng and nrg the weekend before uh i think it's supposed to be pioneer too. like energy right like just energy yeah yeah so i think i'm just gonna play kind of pretty my pretty stock omnav version i did i did cave in i, I caught a third nissa i tried two fable i've been happy with a two fable two nissa split i also was trying to make room for the force omnav again and i went down to free ren and six so kind of uh my my pet cards you know uh trimming them and yeah I, i've been happy so far i don't think the deck's like amazing or anything but i enjoy it and 
I think it's it's fine in most matchups. So I'm going to be playing that. I'm assuming you're going to be playing Titan this weekend. Uh, yes, but not in the showcases. That is because amongst all of the se- ter- series of tournaments that you have mentioned, there is yet another one. And it's uh, the yearly finals of the Paprikash series, which is a local Polish tournament. It takes place in Warsaw. It's gonna be an RCQ weekend plus like the finals of the year long uh, okay. thing. Like I mean, it's like there's there's three three or four of those uh, every year. And so what uh, are the stakes? Well, so two RCQs. So I'm gonna play in in the RCQs standard and uh, sealed, and then on Sunday it's just gonna be some. Uh, prizes, but I'm not exactly sure what's exactly on the line because uh, I hadn't bothered checking. But you know, it's a trip I will indulge myself on, and uh, it's gonna be a modern uh, tournament. It's gonna be the finals of like the entire year. It's Sunday, mostly if it's so. for pride, right? Yeah, yeah, mo- sure. So I'm gonna be playing Titan there, and. Uh, gonna be playing my my red sweepers the red version and all of that so if we're gonna move on to pioneer in a little bit if you if either of you summarize like kind of where you think modern's at at the moment what decks are on top and what you expect to see going going forward you know maybe the predictions for the american rc oh that's a tough one yog had a bad weekend for the first time in forever it feels in the uh the hartford event the scg hartford it had like 45 46 percent win race i think both in the main event and the, like in the two main events kind of so that was kind of weird to see rhino gains probably the most from the surveillance and it was already kind of like one of the best decks um I don't know if people are able to adapt to, to Rhinos. Uh, I'm not sure, honestly. I think just mostly more of the same. There are some new decks. There was that Ragdos Death Shadow deck that won, right? Harlan, I'm not sure I'd say his last name, Har- or his first name, really. Harlan Firer, maybe? He played a, a cool Ragdos Death Shadow deck. Um, did quite well. Won, the, won, won the, the second tournament, I think, the smaller one. So we'll see if there's some innovation there. Uh, I know Spike's been brewing, but I'm not sure what. So, you know, people were wondering about Insidious Roots. I, I haven't really not been paying too much attention to Modern, but also not sure there's really anything new that's going to happen this weekend. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's going to be like more of the same. The same decks are on top. It's so hard for non-Modern Horizons cards to make a real dent in like the identity of the format at this point so i expect yeah. to see well, what about lord of the rings cards sure that's like i i just meant like at large a one big right, okay. umbrella modern presence also, 2.5 yes <laughs> that also uh describes those cards but you know i just expect as gap said rhinos like i don't see a reason why there would be like very big fluctuations in like the percentages of of scam yogmoth merktide 
uh, Militant Living End to lesser extent. They're like all gonna be there at those uh, RCs and uh, just moving forward slowly. That's yeah, I'll be perfectly honest. I, modern, the, the gloss is worn off of modern for me. I kind of, I've, I've tried to open Magic Online to play it recently and just gone, no, I don't want to do this. I'm not enjoying myself. I think there's anything kind of possibility changes changes on the horizon or people kind of losing interest in the format? Well, as you said, on the horizon, right? So, mm. Well, is Modern Horizons 3 announced? Yeah, yeah, it's releases in, in June. Oh the shit! Okay, all right. Fine. It's going to be to be okay. brought through Modern Horizons free in Amsterdam, right? So shit. Okay, I missed. Assuredly, a big shakeup here. Right. Okay. All right. I'll be saving my magic online tickets. They'll they'll make a slightly better ragavan, and I'll be happy. Maybe a two-two ragavan, so it doesn't bear masters. Yeah, but as you said, you did not enjoy yourself too much while thinking about playing modern. But what did you enjoy? I have enjoyed thinking about playing more. I feel like this this new set's kind of pitched exactly in the right space for Pioneer, for it to be impactful in Pioneer. And to be perfectly frank, I should probably I've actually been thinking about playing Standard too, but I haven't actually gotten around to doing that. I have played Pioneer and thought a bit about Pioneer. Um, you know, quite, this is just it feels like a, a, a Ravnica set that you know adds a lot of things to a bunch of different formats and has interesting cards that you know some things that slot into old archetypes or and you know upgrades in certain color combinations or things to build around or you know, kind of quirky weird things and yeah it's 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 really appealing to me and i think you know the number one thing that was appealing on the on the front end is like just access to mana leak in blue right i think that's a kind mm. of it's not exciting but it's a kind of straight up upgrade that's you know been missing in in you know low powerish formats of magic for a very long time just having this kind of universal hard counter for two mana well, so, sorry, soft counter for two mana that's useful kind of into the mid game. Whereas cards like Make Disappear aren't really. They're, they're good for interacting on turn two and turn three, but they're not good on turn five. Whereas Mana Leak is actually good on turn five. Uh -huh. In a reasonable percentage of games. And so that's a big, that's a big game for deck like Blue White, but you know, that who, who knows what impact that has on a format. It's probably not a huge amount, but there's lots of other cards as well. So I've been excited by the new Think Twice deduce. Uh, obviously the Scrylands are, something you can consider putting in your deck and then there's a whole bunch of other things new thraben inspector so obviously you guys have got the um the pt coming up and that's going to be pioneer so it's like time to get testing for you so what, what what's really caught your eye in terms of things to do nothing so far honestly you know um i've seen the the new uh, the first prelim one of the foros was just stock Grease Fang, no new cards, I believe. Um, and other foro was Claudio H. Niv, uh, Niv deck. He was playing Lightning Helix, No More Lies. He was playing Urgent Necropsy, which I thought was a card that might see a low play, um, you know, in, in the right spots. And I guess when you're playing Bring to Light, it's nice you can tutor for it. It's the black green kind of. It's kind of like in between a sweeper and a decimate. It's it has a bit of a decimate effect, except you don't need a target for everything. But I think right. you can kill up to a creature, artifact, planeswalker, and and Sharma maybe. Yeah, I've got it here on the screen. So it's two colors, a black and a green, 
for an instant. Uh, as an additional cost to cast a spell, collect evidence X, where X is the total mana value of permanence the spell targets. And then you destroy up to one creature, artifact, enchantment, and planeswalker. Yeah, up to it as well. So you don't actually have to have all of them. And then no. you just have to collect evidence to, to, to make up the cost. That's a pretty powerful card. Yeah, you do have to collect evidence the exact right amount. You can't do more. So I don't know how tricky that is, but yeah. Yeah, I think Ooh, yeah, yeah. In the main it's, it's not it's not X is greater than or, or no, equal to. Not. Yeah, wow. Okay, all right. So, yeah, that, that card show up. Um, I, I tried some some combo decks. Well, I tried a combo deck with Crime Novelist, which is the, the free drop, which is uh, one free for a red and two. Whenever you sack an artifact, put a plus one, plus one counter on it, and you add a red. And the combo is to go animation module into Ravenous Intruder, which is like ATOG. So second artifact, it gains plus two, plus two, into Crime Novelist, and have an artifact land. So it's kind of a four-card combo, and it gives you an infinite, infinite intruder attacking, and then an infinitely, infinitely large novelist um, forever you so the, the idea was to build that as a mono red deck and have kind of like a bad beat down plan was a combo kill and some synergies and the synergies were, were kind of cool you know nt was in the deck it triggers animation module um yeah you had some th things going together but it, i didn't think it would be good and it wasn't but i did find out that krenko baron of tin street is a fine magic card it's legendary creature goblin free free for red and two it has haste so worst case it's free free haste for free and then you can tap it sack an artifact put a plus one plus one counter on each goblin you control and whenever an artifact is put into a graveyard from the battlefield you may pay red if you do you make a one one goblin token creature it gains haste so what does that mean basically if you have a red man up you sack an artifact you pay the red, you get a 1-1 one, one haste, and it gets a plus one, plus one counter the way it stacks. And then if you have other goblins, it also pumps your entire team. So I think at some point I want to try a, a mono-red goblin deck with, with that card, because that card was kind of impressive. And Fable of the Mirror Breaker makes a goblin token, so maybe, maybe there's something there. I doubt it. There's some good removal, some good sweepers, you know, whether it's the, the Niv decks or... All the brain flight decks that play sweeper, blue white, etc. So I'm not sure it's super appealing strategy, but out of that kind of pretty bad deck, that card stood out a bit. What sort of artifacts are you putting in a deck to sacrifice in those instances? Just artifact lands, treasure vault, darksteel citadel, and uh, maybe Vidal Voldaren Epicur. There's mm -hmm. also the the synthesizer, even though that's a card I usually dislike. I feel like it's hard to build around when you have two and three a lot of two and three mana cards in your deck to actually hit of it. But uh, you could also play the red combustion, which might be okay. There was a Granham, the the legacy streamer who 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 built that deck, and he said he went four one in his first league was the deck. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll probably give it a, like at least one league or a few games against my teammates at some point. I'm looking what about you, forward. First, I'm looking forward to uh, facing off against Gab at the PT and against his Goblins deck. <laughs> I I'm would sure also be looking forward to that. I, I will kill you on turn four before you combo off. I know, I know. 
And uh, second, uh, a little bit of a clarification, the Argent Necropsy, like to collect Evidence X, you can, you need to exile uh, cash from your graveyard with a cost of at least X, so you can over exile and it is also oh, so, so. Oh, I thought you couldn't. Wow. So evidence collection has a kind of great equal to a greater than kind of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tied that is like Carson, Carson limited right, okay. with collect evidence six. You can exile two photographs from your graveyard, and they work. Cool. Just right. fine. That, that would have been a weird thing for it to be very specific. Yeah. They don't uh, make but, cards like that in that way. Business. Yeah. Uh, so what I have tried so far in Pioneer in Prelims was Arc Druid's Charm in uh, Lotus Field. So it's a new, I guess, like part of the super cycle with the Arc Mage's Charm. So we get a green, green, green instant with choose one, exile target artifact or enchantment, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control and it deals damage to another creature or most importantly you get to search your library for a creature or a land and then if it's a land you put it onto the battlefield so it's just a straight up tutor for lotus field or thespian stage that puts it into play immediately so that's really potent i think and uh, the lotus field deck certainly appreciates having an easier time uh, having Lotus Field, its namesake, in play. Yeah, I mean, you would certainly play more copies of Sylvan's Crying if you could, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, of course it's not all roses because uh, the green, green, green cost is very challenging. And it does uh, come into in your way a little bit when you are where or still are thinking of playing lands like Otawara or... Uh, more importantly, Thespian stage. So, yeah, it doesn't line that, up very well with your Thespian stage openers. That combination is a little bit rough. Although, uh, one of the things that I thought you could do is maybe you could play less Thespian stage. So um, I had a list with two, just just a pair of Thespian stages, instead of having a full set. Just assuming that I will be able to tutor for it a portion of the time with the Arcdruid's charm, and. Uh, you know, two felt kind of low, maybe three would be like a sweeter spot, but uh, there is a little bit of a conflict here that needs to be resolved. I'm not exactly sure how just yet. But on top of that, you can also tutor creatures, which uh, does not naturally and cleanly become very useful, but, uh, you know, you can get a Leer, you can get a Vizier, if uh, like we just need to cycle even though it's very expensive maybe you can try to look uh, a bit further and try to find something that's like actually a good creature to grab uh, my prelim list had uh, a single fay of wishes for that purpose but that didn't seem to necessarily uh, play too well so i wouldn't be excited to have it have it in my deck uh, in the future but uh, more importantly that ability comes up in passport games where Lotus Field yeah. naturally tends to board in some random creatures and you can get I was, your... I was going to say, is it Dragon Lord Remoker or yeah, Sphinx yeah. of the Final or, Word? Or more importantly, Zakama. So, you know, ah, you can get all good. of that stuff with uh, with Agdrae's Charm. And also, you know, destroy 
exile target artifact or enchantment useful yeah, when useful at nabbing dumping sphere which is always a thorn in, in the deck's side so interested in working on that a little bit yeah i saw you 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 played it one prelim and you played it again i figured you know maybe it was just one off try but what about just playing it in your sideboard maybe perhaps but even if you played in your sideboard you need to have a mana base that acknowledges it so like you're playing the same sacrifice uh, but yeah perhaps it's better suited to be a cyborg card it's uh you know because it seems like a really 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 bad sylvan's crying in game one for the most part well yes and no well yes <laughs> I, yeah i guess so. it is also a ram spell right it puts the lens in, yeah. into play which does like, know, speed but... speed you up but i guess you spend an extra turn casting it and not scrying so like it costs yeah, three well, and I mean... not two so it doesn't line <laughs> I mean, up they also really let you play four copies at one time so yeah exactly i had four sylvan scryings in my in my deck and you know i was certainly happy to seemingly be able to keep more hands than i usually was so uh, speaking of new cards you know what we forgot to talk about in modern and maybe you should play that card the green ley line it fixes your that's been stage mana Ah. Your arc makes charm easier to cast. The perfect, the perfect solution. Or you could probably cast it if you had Lotus Field Twiddle going. No, why am I saying that? Because there's apparently that card is apparently good in the Zoo deck, the domain Zoo. Because you, if you get started with that card in play, and you play it turn two, sign up Draco. It has, I think, it has haste and lifelink and hexproof. Just literally unbeatable. If I mean a deck like Rhinos can't beat it. There's no haste, <laughs> but there is oh, no, fresh. Yeah, there's fresh like fresh like lifelink trample hexproof vigilance else. maybe vigilance perhaps so yeah um people have been playing that list supposedly it's good who knows though it seems easy to cherry pick uh, you know maybe the leagues where you did well seems like infinite variance and i don't know how many, how many matches you would have to play before including that it's actually better to play the ley line in your deck or not but maybe maybe it's a real deal maybe Maybe that's something we'll find out more about this weekend. Um, yeah, sorry, just a little sidestep. But yeah, are you are you like? I guess we'll find out when we have to put our life on the lines at the end of the app. <laughs> you're you're liking the Lotus Lotus Field decks right now or not? Any any other new cards you you tried or saw or that look kind of good to you? Mm, there's one card I haven't seen played yet, but I do want to at some point, and it is uh, it's Delny. It's the three mana white legendary creature that doubles your triggered abilities Ooh. of small creatures with power two or less. So hmm. it so happens that all of the creatures in the Amalia deck, almost all of the creatures in the Amalia deck, uh, fit those quarter except for the best one yeah 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 the only good creature in the deck yeah that's uh, that is a little bit of a problem so you know given that delny is a free drop i thought that maybe you can just swap the best creature in the deck for delny to avoid that conflict uh, but uh, that remains to be figured out uh, but you know uh, so 
looks looks pretty solid and uh, potentially okay if you combine Delny with uh, life gain effects and Dina, then you can start to drain your opponent really quickly. Seems like an interesting angle to try, even if I'm not entirely sure if it's gonna be all that successful. Yeah. I tried another bad deck. I revisited my blue-eyed affinity deck. It's a bunch of uh, Spyglass, Sirens, Draven, Inspector, and now you get Novice Inspector. Uh -huh. You've got Copter and Schooner, and I tried Insol. I don't know, like kind of blue-white artifact. They've been a pretty popular blue-white version that I haven't tried at all. I don't know if you've tried it, Canister, but I was I was kind of liking that blue-white deck a bit. I felt like there was maybe a bit of potential, but... Didn't that deck, like, just... Wasn't that deck, like, good in Pioneer for a little while? I feel like there was a, a period, maybe like a year ago, where blue-white Insol artifact was just good. I don't remember. That does sound familiar. There, there was but... a period where there was a blue, red, and soul deck, but that was alongside Inverter, or maybe even before Inverter. So that was a while yeah, ago. I yeah, I, I feel like it came up again a little while ago. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I like that deck because Portable Hole can be really good. Rebuke was kind of appealing. You know, Warden of the Inner Sky uses the, the clues and the tokens well, and the maps, and... And didn't someone win the challenge last weekend with like blue eye were as well? Yeah, that's that's different deck. That, yeah, that's a, that's that was like kind of a cool new deck uh, for Pioneer. Even though what what were the the new cards in that deck really? I forget now. But yeah, it was basically blue white controlled where was a bunch of counter spells. I think it was before and... uh, mergers was on models. Oh, yeah, right. was, was new cards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, that, but that's a deck that would definitely benefit from, from Novice Inspector. Um, yeah, comp synergizes well with Moonsnare Prototype. Yeah. Puts I lots of material that, in the play, into play. I think they had Inspector in their deck, so that would make sense. Um, yeah, it was a cool list. It was kind of weird control. And it, it won the, the main win con was... Well, they had Seed Sharks. They had uh, the, the other free drop, the, the blue one. I think it's called... A call, but no, I'm gonna butcher it. Something Pakal that draws you cards when you play artifacts, and then the the big artifact payoff was the Smithy, the four mana one that gives you a token, and then you can tap five artifacts or creature uh, to flip it into that land that whenever you use it yeah. to cast a creature or an artifact, you get another huge uh, construct token no. equal. To Bob forty, Bob forty nine brown me with that card. Yeah, about a month so... ago. Yeah, I don't know. I saw that list. I was like, man, that deck doesn't look that great. But then I looked at the top eight matchups, and it was all it was two Amalia decks and Ragdos midrange, which seems like that would be this deck's kind of good matchups because it's like goes over the top of Ragdos sack, and you've got a bunch of portable holes for Amalia and a bunch of decent exile removal, uh, some counters. So I I have not tried the deck yet. But it could be good. It could be just, you know, meta-dependent and have some pretty polarized matchup. That would be my guess. But yeah, I, I, I kind of scrapped that blue-eyed artifact deck, even though maybe it was a bit of more tuning. It could be decent. And then I played a prelim with blue-eyed control today with the new cards. Um, felt like blue-eyed control, you know, but a little easier to win than before. <laughs> yep. Your cards are slightly better. I tried four of the mana leaks. They were good. I tried 
The surprise for me was the archive land, the um, surveil land. I tried that over farmland. I played four survey lands over the four farmlands and I expected them to be worse and they were better, but it was super small sample. Mostly I had one in my opening hand most games and then there was not a ton of games where I drew more after. So obviously on turn one, it's going to be better in your opening hand. It's usually going to be better, even though that's not always the case. But uh, I was also pretty happy whenever I drew them uh, later in the game for the most part, like on turn five, I'd play it as get the surveil, set up four mana for wandering Emperor Deluge. Were you, uh, were you playing in, in Theros, in Theros block when Skylands were in standard? No, I don't think so. Not much. I think it was the period where I was just playing the Pro Tours basically, but I, I did, yeah. I did play Temples at some point. Yeah. Those cards are, they don't read very well on paper, but they play so well. And like, even in the, in the late game, I always found that's a horrible tension with, irrigated farmland in particular in blue white where you just yeah you might you need you probably want you probably want to cash it in on, like but you also you know you need to make your seventh land drop your eighth land drop is good <laughs> so i always felt like a lot of tension and you know in the three in the few games i played today with 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 this blue white surveil land as well i kind of got the exact same feeling as you like obviously great in the opening hand on turn one smoothing your draws but then just just holding it and kind of playing it down the line on turn four, turn five. Well, not not turn four. Turn four is pretty pretty rough. But on t as your fifth land is really nice, where you get to keep your four mana up and you know have a much more informed decision, know more what you're looking for. Synergizes nicely with D three time. I was really impressed with it. Yeah, I didn't expect them to be to be going in. I was thinking it would just be be mostly worse, but yeah, I'd have to play more with them too. To make sure it wasn't just running good. I also tried did use, did you think twice? Um, you know, I've been playing one or two quick studies in blue white. I did use instead. It wasn't. It never came up that did use was better or worse. Really, I drew it, and it was you know quick study would have mostly been the same thing. Um, but yeah, as I said, you know, it felt like blue white. I had four. I beat four meta decks. I beat. Ragdos mid, Boris Convoke, Phoenix, and Greece, but every, one, every win was a 2-1. The Grease Fang matchup felt kind of tough. And yeah, just kind of what you would expect, honestly. Blue White was already pretty good before the new set. Uh, you know, I was like a longtime hater of Blue White Pioneer, or recent, you know, recently I was kind of hating about Blue White and Pioneer, but then it kept putting up results, so. I had to try it, and yeah, it was fine. It was better than I thought, uh, you know, yeah. at some point. I feel like it's kind of on, on the precipice of being really good, but it's, I just, I really do miss, feel like there's a lack of things to do with one mana in the deck, and that really bothers me. Everyone else gets to do something good with one mana, and you just never do. That's, I feel like that's still a fundamental weakness. And like, yeah, you, you want to play temporary, maybe you want to play portable hole, but temporary lockdown is so powerful, and I don't think you can really, like, justify it choosing to play portable hole when temporary lockdown exists. It's just so much better. That's my, that's my like one, one gripe with blue white is it's just, I don't feel like I'm using my mana effectively in turn, turns one, turn three. Yeah. Those, those are the two spots I really feel like struggling. It's just going to yeah, take I mean, time. Like now you got a good way to spend two mana in a few sets, you're going to get a good way to spend one mana. Don't worry. That's right. Just let power creep. Power creep will, will solve. Yeah. Just give me one mana. Yeah, but you have a bunch of lands that can play tapped anyway, so it doesn't 
you know, it's kind of the, the portable yeah. home database was a little tricky. You know, I definitely agree. With, I definitely agree that it's it's tricky, but I, I feel like saying like, yeah, I'm spending the night and playing my line tap is really like. I mean, I mean, when you want a great proactive spell in the, in blue white that either cantrips or does something yeah, for you, just, like, come on, is it is it too much to ask? I don't know. I always look at these decks and I want to play like consider or something like that. Dude, they already gave us no more lives, which I thought like the. It, you know, if it had been a meme, I wouldn't have been surprised that someone just made up that card because it looks so good on, you know, so much better than what they, they're willing to print as far as Counterspell goes. Mm. You yeah. say you want to consider, but playing a turn one Meticulous Archive is like more or less the same, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I just, I guess I'm, I'm sitting there and thinking, like, yo, what are reasons that blue white might not be really good? Because all the cards in it are great, and you know, it seems to line up pretty well against things in the, in the format. But it just other decks get to play Thoughtseize, and Thoughtseize is like sick, and there's nothing as good as Thoughtseize in blue white. That's annoying. I'm just looking. I'm just looking for like holes in in, in something that I think is actually quite good, and places that it's lacking, and it's it's struggling. It doesn't spend one mana very well. That's annoying. Yeah, but your cards are so powerful in blue white. You've got now you've got good counters, you've got good card advantage, you've got yeah, best finishes, great best card watchers that like play both ways. They're like just just super oppressive. And if you know, if you curve out, I've been really impressed with Chrome Sea Shark out of the board. That card's great. Oh, yeah, I haven't had like a ton of chances to play it, but what, 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 where was it good for you? Putting it into play on turn three and your opponent plays another creature and then you just cast Wrath of God and have a 4-4 that sits in play. That's that's amazing. <laughs> just, mean, you lose your Seed Shark. Yeah, but you still have, you have a 4-4. Four four. <laughs> okay. it, it just create, it, it just completely alleviates. I feel I feel like you play you play a 2-4 for three and like that's actually pretty good at defending. Uh, you interact on turn two, you play this 2-4 and like maybe it holds off like a Graveyard Trespasser or something for a turn it can buy you it buys you a little bit of time and then like if you do need to wrath you're always left behind with something to like interact on the board when a lot of the problems with like casting wrath on turn four is that you tap you tap out and they they follow up because obviously they're expecting it and their follow-up is something that you have to take time to to interact with because you're not ready for it well you don't you you're you're man you're tapped out and so having this kind of like two mana four four that sits in play and just activates and just like you know, attacks the planeswalker or blocks the next creature, that's a really really incredible interaction, especially in post board games. I think this is great. I was really really impressed. No, it's pretty strong in the mirror. I'm assuming it's decent against something like Lotus Field because you played on turn three and then. I guess my, my point is I was just bringing it in every single game. I, if, if there were creature decks, I was bringing it in. If there were control decks, I was bringing it in. Yeah, it is a classic like. Not great game one because people have fatal push and whatnot. The same yeah. reason Shark Typhoon is usually not super great game one. And then after sideboard, if you have just a few creatures, they have that dilemma of how many removal spells do I keep in and risking drawing the removal spells at the wrong time uh, and vice versa, not having it when you have the, the Sea Shark. One thing I'm a little bit a bit sad that I about enjoying Sea Shark so much is not being able to find space or kind of justifying being able to try Cryptic Coat, which is one of the cards from the new set, which I've been quite enticed by. I think the card looks really good on paper to me. I'm just going to go find it. So it's a it's an equipment. It costs blue and two colors. And it says, uh, when it enters the battlefield, you cloak the top card of your library and attach Cryptic Coat, 
code to it. So that's you know morph the top card of your library. And you can turn it face up if it is a creature card, and the equipped creature gets plus one plus seven and can't be blocked. And then you can pay one blue, one color to return cryptic code to your hand. So it's kind of like a mini batter skull, kind of bringing a creature into play every time, like persistent threat, hard to interact with. Basically, a true name nemesis. Because it also <laughs> sure, has yeah. word. It also has words too, right? That this guy's creature. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, because it's not actually morph; it's disguise yeah, yeah. or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. I, that card looks great on paper to me, and I always wanted to talk about it in modern. Like, is this the sort of thing where you can? You might want Stone to Forge Mystic Stone for Forge it. Mystic in your deck. At least it's like you know, if you think about Batterskull, Batterskull is too hard to recur because the games are too fast. But at least like this card's like just two mana to rebuy it and three mana to cast it again. It's, anyway, yeah, Spike's been playing it. I don't know if it's been good for him, but I think it, he's been doing okay with Stone Forge and yeah, that card. And he seemed he seemed happy with it. I tried it in my Blue Eyed Artifact actually in the first few oh, okay, matches I played with yeah, the deck. I, and I'm curious to hear what you have to say about it. It didn't come up. It was fine when I drew it. It wasn't. I never got to like bounce it and get that late in game. Um, so I, I'm not too sure. Maybe I should have not. I cut it in my in the second league mm-hmm. I played today. I went 0-3 in a prelim, and then I went 2-3 in the league today, but maybe right. I gave up a little fast. Um, Strikes me as like at its best against like red-black and stuff like that as well. Yeah, it might not be the right speed for Pioneer. Maybe not. Maybe like it's mid-range card. decks just go way over the top of like you bouncing that and recasting it. I'm, not, I'm honestly not sure. It does it's seem like of, a really decent card on paper. Yeah, it's kind of like a burn spell. Right, you're just kind of paying mana to inflict damage to your opponent. So, like, you know, we talked about the blue-white and soul deck, but there was also the blue-red and soul deck. Mm-hmm. So, like, makes more sense to me alongside Shrapnel Blast than it does alongside uh, Shrapnel Inspector. Yeah, that's fair. I was thinking it was, like, two more permanents for Warden too, which is nice, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's just like stuck in boomer brain that I think that card's good. But it, yeah, that card would have been obscene in like 2008. <laughs> I yeah. Just, I just would have lost my shit. I would have well, killed so many people with it. I'll tell you, it's, it's pretty damn good and limited. It just attacks <laughs> yeah. you and you can't do anything. Yeah, I can yes. believe that it's fucked up in the Speaking of good and limited, you said you copied Malice, but did you try Ezrim? Agency chief. It's in my it's in my sideboard. I've not boarded it in, and I wish there was another Chroma Sea Shark every time I looked at it. Uh, yeah. uh, fair. I, I, on paper, so I, I I'm on paper. I'm sort of I'm okay with I'm okay with trying it on paper. So I bought one because it cost nothing. Yeah, it's it's five mana. It's blue blue white white one five five flying legend creature. Archon detective. When it enters the battlefield, you investigate twice. So you get two clue tokens. And then you can pay one second artifact to make it gain either Vigilance, Lifelink, or Hexproof until end of turn. And not indestructible, as I learned uh, <laughs> when I was trying to block a Giganto. Okay. That I had to like trade with and, and gain some life. But uh, I tried that. You know, Blue White plays Dream Trawler sometimes. It plays mm-hmm. Regal Caracol. I drew it twice, cast it twice. And I will say I'm pretty sure it was just much better than Caracol both times. But I'm not sure it was better than Dream Troll. I was going to say, I, it doesn't strike me as better than Dream Troll. Well, there was one game where I casted when I was still on five, but I think maybe I had other things to do, and then it would have been better when I played my six land. On, and 
Honestly, it should just probably just be Corner vs. City Shock. I'm, I think that cut's fucked up. I think you should be playing lots of copies of it. If you're going to play Blue White. That's, well, that, that's my one piece, my one takeaway. I think that cut is sick, I, and you should board it in every matchup. I also wanted to try, you know, try, I'm trying the new card, so. Yeah, I know. Well, Chrome Rose Shark in Blue White is a new, new enough card for me that I feel like I'm here with the months old hot take. Yeah. But yeah, the set will only be out for a couple of days. Um, I haven't got a time to try a million things, and I'm guessing next time, I'm not even sure. When's the, when's the next time we record the podcast? Because I leave on the, I'll leave in 10 oh, yeah. days. Well, you leave in ten days. Well, why don't why don't we aim to record before you go before you leave? When do you leave, Canister for Chicago? In nine days. Ooh, yeah. all right. So, do you want to? All right, let's. Should we should we just record next week? Well, are we? Uh, I don't think I'm gonna want to. I know Canister hates that, but ah, oh, deep into into Pioneer. We could talk more about Modern and Limited or. You, are you playing the standard turn this weekend, Kansas? Or you said one of the two turns was standard. One yes, of I'm playing in a standard RCQ, but you know my testing was playing a net decked uh, version of Vesper in a prelim going 4-0, and that's just what I'm playing because that's what my friend is going to uh, be able to lend me. So Yeah, sounds about right. Well, maybe we can talk about that. I know a lot of people who listen to us are probably also playing in RCQs right now. I'm not sure how much longer to go but there is one sorry just before we before we move move on to other things there's one other card that was on my list of things to talk about that we haven't brought up and it's a one of these new case cards so it's case of the crimson pulse so mm-hmm. it's uh, two colors and a red case when it comes into play discard a card then draw two cards so it's a uh, tormenting voice and if you to solve it you have no cards in your hand so if you're helping it's to get solved in the turn and then when it's solved, at the beginning of your upkeep, you discard your hand and draw two cards. And that happens every turn, basically. So that card seems pretty great to me. Uh, natural home would be like, you know, burn. That's, or something that's like putting you know, heaps of one-drop creatures into play and, and casting spells. So like the Red Prowess deck or whatever in, in Pioneer. That's actually a pretty powerful card. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah it seems pretty strong. One thing that worries worries me about it is that it just seems like pretty slow out of necessity because given that it has an ETB that draws your cards, it means that you will rarely have no cards in your hand. On the first turn you have played it, so it's not likely to be turned on immediately. So like you're going to play it, then you're going to wait a turn, spend your cards, then it's going to turn on and then next upkeep only it's going to trigger so right so i think like so yeah it's paying off you're solving at the turn after you play it and then benefiting from it when you untap yeah the next yeah turn. so yeah it's a, that is a pretty effect, slow payoff isn't it but it's going to take a while and uh, it will probably depend on the matchup if you have uh, this amount of time to reap the uh yeah okay yeah, these cards are always so hard to build around because you need to play a really low curve and you don't want to play a ton of lands. And, you know, even if you play a really low curve, it's not trivial to empty your hand fast and then your deck is a little underpowered because you, you probably don't want to play anything that costs more than one or two besides the case. But then the games where you don't draw the case, you have, you know, you have 
probably just an underpowered deck, especially when you factoring lo- a card like Lockdown in the meta. Um, mm. So it's it's really hard to evaluate. It, it does look pretty pushed as far as these kind of cards go, but yeah, I'm still a little skeptical. Yeah, I just maybe 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 it's the card that you bring in out of the sideboard in the right matchup. It's like a little bit cheaper than casting Experimental Frenzy, something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. It just looks good on paper to me. Because you're playing an aggressive deck, and you know it's free mana do nothing. I yeah, mean, which that's, would that's make kind of a misnomer. That... Right? I think that like there are there are, there are kind of like decks that this is good in. So like burn decks, that where you're not just pointing your cards at your opponent and just just like, f6ing through their turn and stuff like that. I think there's. If I think about kind of like red white burn from standard, you know, maybe five, five, it's more than five years ago now, is it? Shit, it's about 10 years ago. <laughs> okay. All right. This is not a relevant, relevant scenario, but like these kind of, you know, searing blades, searing flesh style, style cards that kind of interact with the board, but also chip away at the opponent's life total. Seems like it fits in with that strategy. It makes, it makes sense if you play burn spells like lightning helix can go face and can target the creature. So like you just choose. Whichever one fits uh, the game better, depending on the scenario. And if you have a case, then you can spend a bit more time killing creatures, stabilizing, and then you just well draw enough Baron to win the game. And otherwise, you can try to play more aggressively. That said, Baron wasn't really uh, a pioneer deck uh, for a while. So maybe the new cards are going to. I mean, I see this Soul Scar Mage. Uh, Kumano, uh, these sort of like mono red, mono red decks every now and then in leagues, and mm-hmm. you know, they always look pretty good to me. But then I guess like if you play against like red, like mid range or something like that, they probably just roll with graveyard trespasser, and you know, probably couldn't have ever been mono green. Um, you know, probably rough against Phoenix. So yeah, I, I, I understand. Yeah, but you know, this could be the step that uh, the step towards. Uh, the greatness of those decks so we should keep an eye on that yeah one card i've been hyped about but still haven't seen played or played myself is the steam course caller so i'm probably going to be playing with that card that's the 2-2 flying vision so draw two discard one um you know, either in, in, in blue, like Phoenix in a sideboard, or just, I kind of just want to put four in every blue deck that, that oh, I play, even like blue-white control, and just see what happens. I like that it's explicitly written to go in Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. It, Unless you just got an instant uh, sorcery or creature with flying that happens to be a Phoenix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, seriously. Um, so, that, that seems yeah. pretty pushed to me. And yeah. I've been calling the blue fable of the mirror breaker. <laughs> <laughs> it's about time blue got something as powerful as fable of the mirror breaker, really. Yeah. Or if you play blue red, now you get to play eight. Ooh. And they're, and they're good. Uh, they're good to copy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, there's, there's, there's still a bunch of stuff to, to try out. Uh, there's some big torrents coming up. So, excited excited to see what what all comes out of it because you know modern probably not gonna be super impacted but and standard i'm not paying attention to just focus on pioneer and it's cool that there's a lot of cards that seem like they have potential yeah 
this, this, this set's really got just a lot of cards that I want to re- I read and, and makes me think about what, how you use them, which I haven't, hasn't, I haven't felt that way the last few sets. I've been kind of a little bit checked out in that respect. But this one's really kind of grabbed my attention. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like even if, you know, at the Pro Tour, we don't see like maybe a million new things, maybe down the line when people have more time, because you don't have infinite time to, to try every idea and, you know, you're 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 trying a deck like these Yorion decks or even this Bring to Life deck. There's just so many permutations and choices you can make. And spending hours alone on trying to craft a playable mana base for those is certainly a time sinker. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, so. trying to figure out what goblins you can put in your deck. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean seriously, it's super overwhelming. There's there's a yeah. bunch of archetypes that are just just so overwhelming. So it'll probably take a while and. You know, I don't expect everything to be to be solved at the PT. I'm sure even after the PT, we'll see Pioneer decks evolve and stuff stuff we maybe miss or misbuilt. But yeah, should we put a lot in the line. Anything else? Yeah, I think so. I think it's time to put a lot. All right. Well, the life on the line is a tournament, theoretical tournament. If you win, so if- you live. If you lose, you die. Thus far, it's been a theoretical tournament, but it may it may become a real tournament. Jeez. Uh, Yeah, we each have to bring a deck for the formats we've talked about. So modern and pioneer, I guess. I'm assuming standard. We just all play some kind of S for Rafine deck. That's what you're playing, right, Canister? Yes, yes. So we all have to go with that. I, you know, as I said, I played one problem with it. I followed. So perfect. All right, it's, it. sounds good. Yeah, sounds great to me. All right, let's start with modern and Pat. Why don't you go first? I would play rhinoceroses. I think that deck is better than Merktide, and it does roughly the same thing. Well, deck better than Merktide, a high bar indeed. Yeah, that's right. No, it's 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 the same. It's the same strategy, but better. And I've been doing myself a disservice by not playing it up until now. So now I'll stop playing. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I was trying to rebuild a blue-red deck with like Snap and Flame of Vayner and Tidebinder. <laughs> Why don't you maybe just Ragavan? Cast a rhino. I, yeah, exactly. I was like, I can play all these cards in Rhinos and just have a, a free mana spell that puts ten power into play. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's, it's yeah. All right. What about you? Cancer Modern big surprise there. I am choosing Amulet Titan. I'm choosing to spend six mana to put a six power spell into play. Uh, and I'm right. sticking to my to my red sideboard. All right, I'm gonna be playing Omnath in the showcase this weekend, almost definitely. Maybe Rhinos, but yeah, just I like my Omnath deck. It's kind of my pet deck right now, and a little emotional attachment. And I've been tuning it. I think my list is good. So yeah. And uh, in Pioneer, if PT was this weekend, I think I would just play Blue Light Control. Yeah, me too. For me, um, it would be Ragdus Midrange for now. Hmm? Nothing too fancy. Okay, not, not Lotus Field. Okay, cool. Any any new cards in your Ragdus Midrange? Any any bus crushers in the sideboard? Or... Ooh, Buzzy. Buzzy Bay. Not yet, although I did get destroyed by the bus crusher today on, on Lotus Field. I was sure for some reason that that card lets you search a land with a basic land type. 
Mm-hmm. But it's just it's just a basic. So I happen to draw my basic, sacrifice it to Lotus Field, and my Phoenix opponent played Oof. it on four, just destroyed my Lotus Field straight up. I was left with nothing. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, that, that was I mean, a bit rough. Talked about it. I think it's it's narrow, but it does feel like that. You know, ten out of ten sideboard card if you really want to target the Lotus matchup. It it did seem pretty effective. Like my draw wasn't maybe the best, but it did like line up so well in that game and left me emotionally scarred for <laughs> you know enough to register Ragdos for the tournament where my life is the stake yeah all absolutely right. all right all right well if you made it this far as always thank you so much for listening uh guys where can we find you online it's going to be twitch.tv uh, slash canister underscore mtg for me and uh, on YouTube under channel name canister. You can't find me on the internet anymore. Did you delete your Twitter account? Your X account? Oh, at GetSmart. But that's not me. <laughs> yeah. All right. And you can find me on Twitter at Gavin Asif, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash yellowhat. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next time. Take care. Later. Take, take care.